It's nowhere near honey. All right, Dr. Pritchett, the reason I've called you into my office and away from your academic duties is because the Trinity Radio back signal has been raised. Um, although on this particular channel, it gets raised somewhat regularly and uh, some of the time we just ignore it. But yeah, uh, that's Patreon money well spent. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, basically, we have this YouTuber, Pine Creek. Oh, the guy who just loves you. Best friend. The guy that says that you're my dumb sidekick. Yeah, and the guy who without realizing that you have talks you on Twitter. You have a good ten points on my IQ, I think, and are pretty solid, uh, yeah. kind of a savant when it comes to. But it's fun being the dumb. Pays good. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, basically, what he's done here is he's created a video, and we're not going to play the video because. Doug was nice enough to give us a list. Uh, he listed them out in the in the YouTube comments. So okay. um, I don't need this. And what we're going to do is we are going to, I'm going to ask you, and I may make some comments myself, okay. but I'm basically going to run you down this list. This is going to be a shorter video than usual. Of course, the people watching who can see the timer know whether we live up to that already or not. But uh, I'm just going to see what you think about this. Now, the, the title of this episode, the title of this list is... Top 20 things Christians, especially apologists, have trouble admitting. Okay. Admitting, not saying, uh, not agreeing to, but admitting. Okay? Top 20 things Christians, especially apologists, admitting, have trouble admitting. admitting. Uh, the cosmos. Or Pine Creek. I don't know. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so here we go. So here's the list. Number one. Jesus may not have risen from the dead. Uh, and then he, and then he, and he, he references uh, Cameron Bertuzzi. I don't think he mentions Cameron Bertuzzi's name, but he mentions Cameron Bertuzzi of capturing Christianity with the BTW, Christianity is true, by the way, Christianity is true. Yeah. And then he puts, he kind of, he's saying it should be, by the way, Christianity is true, but maybe not. And I think on the video he said something like, uh, would you pastors be comfortable getting up and saying, look, Jesus rose from the dead. But maybe he didn't. So, number one, are you willing to admit to Jesus may not have risen from the dead? I'm not a pastor. But, I mean, I can say, I mean, can I admit that Jesus may not? Yeah, I can admit that Jesus may not have risen from the dead. I can admit that there might be a rave party on the rings of Saturn. So what? It's logically possible. But the probability, in my view, is so absolutely low that Admitting it is like admitting about unicorns having a party on the rings of Saturn. Yeah. Yeah. In it's other possible, words, you might explode right here while we're recording this yeah, video. Yeah. It, you may explode. Yeah. I doubt it. It's epistemically possible. For right. all you know, right. that could happen. So can I admit that? Sure. Uh, and again, like we always say, Cartesian certainty is for the birds, right? All right. Uh, number two, the evidence for the moon landing is better than the evidence for Jesus' resurrection? Well, this is like a bro-down question. <laughs> if only Matt were here. Uh, the evidence for the moon landing is greater than the evidence for the resurrection. Yes, and to give some context, as you know, my recalibrating plausibility analogy comes into play here because what I do is to show that there is uh, some sort of a parallel in terms of analogy between uh, if you ran into some people that said, 
that they saw a guy named Neil walking on the moon, and that would seem crazy until you found out there was a power sufficient to do that, NASA, and a guy named Neil claiming in the 1960s to be a part of that program. Similarly, if uh, you hear that some people saw a man raised from the dead, that would sound crazy until you find out that there's a power sufficient to do that, namely God, and we give extra arguments for that, uh, and a man uh, named Jesus, the guy they're claiming to have seen, yeah. claiming that he's a part of that program. That's the parallel. That's the end of the parallel. That's all that's going on there. Um, and uh, so uh, Pine Creek made a big deal in the comments of my YouTube video to Bart Ehrman uh, saying, well, you won't admit that the evidence is better for the moon landing than for the resurrection. And I wouldn't answer that question directly until I had him summarize my argument. And then I said, yeah, the moon landing is closer to visual certainty because we have yeah, footage. Can I admit that the... Well, I mean, but I wanted to impress upon him, you don't get to decide how apologists answer the questions that you ask them. Right. And so the point is, I'm not going to necessarily say what you want me to say just because you want me to say it. All right. Um, I can admit that there's probably better evidence for us that we landed on the moon than the resurrection of Jesus. In the same way, I can admit that there's an Ohio River that's really nasty and dirty and polluted and shouldn't swim in three-eyed catfish out there. Yeah, I look out the window, I see it. I have better evidence that the Ohio River is outside of your office window than I do the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? Nothing. Right. You, 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 know, you know how much that knocks down the resurrection case? Not at all. Right, because what we need is sufficient evidence to draw the conclusion. Yeah. And regardless of whether we have other stuff that's better evidence in your opinion, speaks not to whether we have sufficient evidence to draw the resurrection right. I mean, something conclusion. 60 years ago or 2,000 years ago or five minutes ago when we were looking out at the Ohio River, doesn't matter. The evidence is going to be weighed on the basis of the kind of case that you're, you're talking about. We're talking about looking out a window versus looking at video and, and uh, all that from the footage versus sorting through the historical data that we have for the resurrection. In each case, I'm as certain that Jesus rose from the dead as I am that we went to the moon, or that uh, there's an Ohio River outside of your window. So yes. I don't understand the. I don't and understand why he's saying, "Oh, you can't admit that." Sure, just like I can admit I have better evidence you're sitting in front of me than Jesus rising from the dead. So what? I have better evidence that you're sitting in front of me than we landed on the moon too. Right. So, and in either case. It speaks not to the analogy right. of recalibrated plausibility, which I didn't want to let him manipulate the conversation away from. But anyway, all right, number, uh, let's see, where are we? Number three, can you admit, can you admit I renounce the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I don't renounce the Holy Spirit. So why would I admit I renounce the Holy Spirit? You know who does admit that they renounce the Holy Spirit? People like Pine Creek who claim that they used to be Christians and then they're not. Right, Why because, would I admit something that he would admit? Because right. he, he admits it from the perspective of a non-believer. I'm a believer. So no, I can't admit I renounce the Holy Spirit. You know why I can't Because you don't renounce the Holy Spirit. Because I don't renounce the Holy Spirit. Duh. Yeah, much less there's a misunderstanding there, I think, of what it means to renounce the Holy Spirit. What blasphemy of the Spirit yeah, is. Yeah, if that's where he's coming from, well, in fairness, a lot of Christians get that bungled as well. But why would I, I don't understand apologists can't admit they renounce the holy spirit yeah because we don't renounce now the he spirit. says you couldn't even do it as a paid actor so say you're in a film you're a famous actor and you're in a film 
And one of your lines is, I renounce like the Holy Spirit. Like if I had to play an atheist in a movie. Yes. Yeah, I could do that because God understands acting. Yeah. I mean, church drama plays have people who play the non-Christian and say things they don't believe. Yeah. God's not, God under, God's not silly. God, yeah. God's not without understanding of acting. And it's not lying because you're not intending to maliciously deceive somebody. So... I don't get it. But number three, you won't admit I renounce the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, this is important because a number now, a of— a better question would be, can an apologist or a Christian would not, not admit something, but would you be willing to kiss another woman for the sake of acting? That would be a little bit more challenging. Um, because that's actually something that's really happening with your physical body. Right, and yeah. uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, but he didn't think of that one, and he didn't put it on the list. Right, so, yeah, so I'm trying to help— you're, you're helping I'm, out. I'm helping him make his list better because so far— no. Yeah, and this, along with a number of things on this list, I renounce the Holy Spirit. You're assuming that we agree with you in the question, in, in the statement that we won't admit to it. That, that we won't admit to it implies that we believe it and just won't say it, well, right? Yeah. Which is not, which we don't agree with right. you on a lot not of these things. Not only do I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe that He does gift people with superpowers. You know, I mean, I believe in the charismatic gifts, people speak in tongues, healed. Yeah, I'm a continuationist. I like how you said that in the way that is least palatable to naturalists. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, All right. So, I mean, I don't. I, why would I renounce the Holy Spirit that I believe is active in the If Dr. Pritchett, if Jesus isn't God and I worship him as God, I am an idolater breaking the first commandment. That is true. If Jesus is not God and you worship him as Gladly God, admit. I, I'm happy to admit happy that. Happy to admit. You know, we have this doctrine of the Trinity, and if that doctrine is not true, then yeah, it would be. But since the doctrine of the Trinity is true, it's not. But you're right. I could admit that if Jesus was not God, then yeah, that follows. If Jesus was a false Messiah, and we're still looking for a Messiah, uh, according to Old Testament Judaism, if Jesus was not the Son of God, if he was not God incarnate, yes, we're idolaters. Why would he think that apologists couldn't admit that? That's like, that's like something you teach in systematic, if Jesus is not God. All right. Um, number five. Will you admit this, Dr. Pritchett? Yahweh was cruel for doing X, and X might be the flood, and he has, etc. So, Will I admit that Yahweh was cruel? Right. Um, Aha, you're having trouble admitting it. No, I'm, um, I think that all of Yahweh's punishments are just. Now, there's a part of me, not being God, that thinks, Seems a little rough. That's that's pretty harsh. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know what? It's like I said, God doesn't care about my opinion. So, and my understanding of justice is not as perfect as God. So, um, I could admit that from my perspective, I think some of the punishments might have been a little harsh or cruel. But, but you're I, just some guy from Indiana. No, I'm a guy from Arkansas, Arkansas <laughs> who lives in Indiana. Yeah, and if I thought about it, I would. I, I have two thoughts. I admit that from my perspective, some of God's judgments are cruel. But I also can admit, from my perspective, I don't have perfect sense of justice like God does, who's the ground of justice. And so my opinions don't matter. And I can say that while I can admit that I think it might be a little excessive at times, I can also admit that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And that God is right and just in His punishment. So it depends on what you want me to admit. Do I admit? Do I think that God 
himself acting in and of himself is cruel? No. Do I think that from my perspective, some of it can come across that way? Mm-hmm. Yes. But those are two different things. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. How many things are in this list? 20. He says there's 20 things we can't admit. Well, we've already admitted a couple, so the list fails if it's supposed to hang together as a unit. Um, but uh, that one, that one's a, I can admit on the one hand, from my perspective and vantage point, and my trying to grasp things but failing, and then mm-hmm. I can see it from, I can philosophically understand my limitations of what divine justice is and that God is just in all of us. And for those in the comments, we're not taking it on the colloquial 21st century atheist definition of faith that God is just. We're taking it on, we have good reason to believe God exists. We have good reason to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. We have good reason to believe that testifies with it. So based on all of that... It seem, it, it's it's reasonable to conclude yeah, and that his nature is that when basis. it doesn't seem just to me, it's still just right that his nature is the basis because you got to have a standard for even for my thinking to say in, in certain circumstances, well, I mean, did all the innocent people have to die along with all the guilty in certain you know disasters or whatever calamity that God brings about? Well, guess what? We're all sinners. We've all forfeited the right in God's cosmos to tell God what's what, because we deserve whatever he wishes to bring upon us. But because God is loving, as well as just, and merciful, he also provides salvation. So, again, we have a podcast on plug Plenty in justice, of, yeah. Yeah, plug in mercy. And it's, but yeah, I mean, as far as thinking, would, would I do it? No, but that's why I'm not God. And then God's infinite wisdom is greater than mine. And of course, if I'm even to try to judge, this is uh, again slipping into a little presuppositional. If I were to try to judge God, what would be my standard of morality to judge God as cruel, except for God Himself? And when you're judging the standard, mm-hmm. you realize that well, if He's the standard, I'm not. Then I'm mistaken in my own. Yeah. So it's like I've said. Here's something I'll admit to you that's not on the list. There's a lot of things in the Bible that I personally, Braxton Hunter, a guy from Tennessee living in Indiana, don't uh, don't like that God does, don't agree with that God does. I don't like that David is supposed to be a man after God's own heart when he arranges for this woman's husband to be killed at battle because he slept with her and gazing on her as a peeping Tom on the roof one day. Right. I don't like that, but you know what? He's God and I'm not. I don't like that Moses did one thing and then gets doesn't get to enter the promised land when he's been working all these years with these rebellious, stiff-necked people to get right. into the promised land. There's a lot of things I don't like, but guess what? That doesn't mean they're not true, and it doesn't mean I'm right. It means I'm limited in my scope. Right. And, I need and to- for someone to assume he must be cruel because I have a standard of morality that I can see makes that cruel mm-hmm. is to assume that if you had godlike omniscience, you would still feel that way, which you don't. Yeah. Uh, by the way, have you ever read the Psalms? The Psalms, they, 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 they take issue with God in the Psalms, too. And then they admit, but at the, at the end of the day, God is God. Right. You know, so the idea that Christians can't talk about this kind of thing out loud or whatever is ridiculous. It's in the Bible they talk okay, about. Okay, number six, the, the buck stops at the top, even with Yahweh. No sin, suffering, evil, if Yahweh didn't create. If Yahweh did, I love that. Uh, that's true. None of that would exist if Yahweh didn't create. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, and I have no problem admitting that, yeah, if there was no cosmos that God created in the beginning, there'd be no sin and evil. All right, done. Number seven, God is at least partially responsible for the creation, including sin, suffering, and evil. 
in the sense that he, that's just a restatement of the previous thing, in the sense that he created, yes. In the sense that he's actively causing or he's morally culpable. Morally culpable for not preventing or any of that. No, that's, but that's not the, frame your questions better and we can have a different conversation about the Odyssey and the problem of evil. But uh, as stated, yeah, I can admit that. All right, number, number eight, God often chooses the weak. So Dr. Pritchett, you are probably weak. And what I believe, what the skeptic believes is, uh, no, what the Christian believes is foolishness to non-Christians. Okay, yes, God often uses the weak. Doesn't mean he only uses the weak. I'm probably weak and foolish. But You're getting stronger all the time. You've been going yes, to the gym regularly. Right. Um, but God uses those things to shame the high and right? But if we're talking about it in the sense that I think in you know, the first opening, what, 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, um, I, I, I don't want to, when Paul says, not all of you, uh, you know, are wise, not all of you are of high uh, status, well, that means some of them were, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so God often does use the weak, does that make me weak? Well, that's fine if it does. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the idea of, what was the second part? God often chooses the weak, so I am probably weak, and what I believe is foolishness to non-Christians. Um, yes, I am. That's fine. I could admit that I'm fine. Do you um, admit that it's foolishness to non-Christians? Well, see, here's the thing. You take a statement in First Corinthians about, you know, it, it, it's just foolishness to the Greeks, you know? <sighs> I don't know that it's like foolish. The conceptual framework for a dying and rising Messiah for the salvation. I think informed non-believers who understand the the theological construct of that, um, it might make sense to them and not be foolish. Now, it might be foolish to believe it's true, mm-hmm. but it's not foolish in the sense that it's incoherent that, that somebody that you know, Christ is a substitute. So, I don't want to say that every single person on the planet who's not a believer thinks that internally it's foolish. Uh But they would probably think it's foolish to believe it, you know, in total. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if if Christianity is true, that makes sense, but Christianity is not true, so you shouldn't believe it. It's kind of dumb to believe it. Uh But if, if it were true, that all makes sense. So it depends on what we're talking It's internally about. coherent. Yeah, it makes sense. Many people would admit that it's internally coherent, but then they would say, okay, well, what if the Lord of the Rings is internally coherent? That doesn't mean that it exi- Middle Earth exists right, somewhere. And that you right, believe, right. So, right. yeah, I mean, I could admit that. And, and might it, say it's foolish to believe Middle Earth exists somewhere. Right. right, and so it might be for the lost person foolish to believe. But, but not for all of them, because no, some of them believe. Right, uh, but... Again, I want to say, and this is the problem with atheists nowadays not being as informed on deep theology like atheists used to be. You know, we've talked about this on a previous podcast. Um, if they think it doesn't make sense, that just means that they don't want to. They don't want to use their mind, and so it depends on what we're talking about. Is foolish. Now, I think that they're fine, and I can admit that they probably think it's foolish to believe it. But I think that they're being foolish to say that it's incoherent or mm-hmm. that, that, that theology and doctrine is 
for Paul to say it's foolish, it's foolishness to such and such people does, is not Paul's admission that it is foolish. Right. It's, they think it's foolish. Yeah. And that's all he says here. So we, yeah, okay, fine. Um, our, number nine, our universe, our reality could have been caused by purely, purely material that is outside our time, space, Wait, read that matter. again. Our universe, our reality could have been caused by purely material that is outside our time, space, matter. By purely material. Purely material. Here's here's what I'm happy to say about this. I, I think anyone who understands. I'm just saying that's a poorly worded. Well, it's, sentence. it's definitely poorly worded, but the, but the, but I'm happy to admit it, and here's why. By because purely material. Because we could be in a multiverse. A, we could be in a multiverse. I'm trying to make the sentence make sense. Yeah, he's saying he's saying even if he's appealing to like, he's responding to like the cosmological type argument where where it's like how do you know that the cause was spaceless, timeless, non-material. There could have been something before that was a different time, space, matter, that sort of thing. And as I've repeatedly said... Surely material on, cause on these is maybe what he meant to say? Or? Yeah, and I... and I or, Well, that's... What, what is it? Nine? Our universe could have been caused by purely material that is outside our time, space, matter. Caused by, by a purely material? That's I think that's what he means. The, the point is... I'm telling you what he means, I think. I think he means... Could our material universe of space, time, and matter have been caused by something else that exists materially like that? And I'm happy to say, yeah. But then you got to figure out what was the cause of that, yeah. right? If we're in a multiverse or a vacuum or whatever. So, so yeah, fine. I'll admit that. And I don't think many people would expect me to. Unicorns having a rave party. Yeah, that's possible. That's one, that's one that's of those possible things. Possible yeah. for all we know. All right, um, number 10. There are some historical type claims in the Bible that I think probably didn't happen in the past. I could admit that if I believed that, but I don't believe that. Again, uh, the assumption yeah. with that Christians won't admit this, that we agree with you about it and just won't say it and just won't admit it. Right. We don't believe that. Some Christians do. And those Christians that do, they're probably still my brothers and sisters, depending on which things they're saying are not historical. Like if they say that the resurrection, the bodily right. resurrection, you know, but but that they think some particular. If they thought that, if they thought that the book of Job was not historical, and they just thought it was play. Yeah, I want to argue with them about it, but my Christianity doesn't hang on that. Right. Yeah. So, or, or I know that like uh, Peter Enns doesn't believe that the Jericho is described in the Bible. So I think Peter Enns is going to hell. I don't actually. I know some people put him, you know, big asterisk, and I don't agree with much of his views. But I, no. But, and he admits it all day long, right? So it depends on who you're talking to. But, like you said, the presumption is that we think otherwise, but we won't say it out loud. If I thought that, I would say it out loud. I would admit it. But since I, I haven't found a case where I'm convinced, like, oh, well, I guess the evidence is in and we can't believe in the Jericho or the Exodus never happened or, or something like that. Yeah, but I don't hold those views. So mm -hmm. I don't, I, I admit to the views I hold, but I can't admit to views I don't hold. Yeah, yeah. So. Number 11, believing and confessing Jesus Christ as Lord is not the only way to heaven, parentheses, babies, comma, Abraham. In those cases, absolutely, because babies can't, um, they can't speak. <laughs> Jesus is Lord, 
Um, yeah. and, and of course, Abraham was in the old covenant, and Abraham mm-hmm. believed God in the promise uh, and the blessing. So he was credited as righteousness on the information that he had, what God would do. Did he know the name of Jesus? Well, we know that he chilled out with Jesus later, but uh, at the time, no. So. Admission with caveats? Yeah, I can admit that. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I mean, not even caveats. Yeah. I don't Just, need the caveats. I'm admitting there have been people saved without knowing the name of Jesus, and currently there are people who end up in heaven without knowing the name of Jesus on our understanding of infant uh, yeah. you know, justification. Well, Abraham knows Jesus now. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> you know, right. right. I'm saying at the time of his death, yeah, that's old, old covenant. Yeah. That's even before. But granted, there are some Christians that have a real hang-up about this. Um, yeah, did did they have to know Jesus' name, Yeshua, in the Old mm-hmm. Testament? No, but I didn't know that there were a lot of Christians hung up on this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They shouldn't be. All right, um, number 12, can you admit this? I may not be saved. Not me, but you. I may not be saved. Yeah, I can. Okay. Um, Do you want to unpack that? You know, it's, I doubt it, but I could, I mean, again, rave party on the rings of Saturn with all the unicorns having a party. It's but you don't worry party. about it. No, um, I don't. If Christianity is true, we're saved, right? That's basically right. Right, but can I, can I admit I may not be? Is well, it philosophically possible I've misunderstood a nuance of theology? Or self-deceived, you know, mm-hmm. or Calvinism could be true and I have evanescent grace or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean... But again, I put the likelihood of that with, you know, an invisible monkey running around. So, I mean, it depends on what we mean. But yeah, I mean, can I admit it's possible? Sure. Um, number 13. Well, I'm admitting more of these. You're admitting like right. most of them. Right. God is good is a meaningless phrase because the definition of good is from his nature. So God equals God. Now, let me tackle this one because... I do know Christians that fall into the problem of voluntarism here, that whatever God does just becomes good because he's God. And so to say about God, uh, whatever he does is good, therefore God, therefore you're just saying God equals God. You know, mm-hmm. uh, When you say God is good, you're just saying God is God. But here's what we're actually saying. We're ditching the voluntarism and we're saying, no, no, no. We as human beings uh, have an understanding of what good is. We, we already know what that is. And yes, it rests in his nature. The the grounding for goodness is in the nature of God. Mm -hmm. But we have this understanding of what good is so that we can recognize that kindness is good, that uh, romance properly based is good, that altruism, um, altruism, uh, giving, building wells for thirsty people in, in third world countries is good. We have this understanding. When we look at God, we can recognize he's like that. This good, this good that we're aware of, he's like that. Now, it's just like with the morality question well, and the like euthyphro dilemma. He, he is the reason we can even approximate what good is because it's grounded. It's grounded in his nature, but it's like the answer, the third way answer to the morality question, the right. euthyphro dilemma. Uh, the two horns of the dilemma are, is there some good that stands over and above and external to God no. that he then conforms to, which is a problem for some people because it would mean that God has to, there's something higher than God right. in some sense, or is it voluntarism that whatever God does just becomes good because God's doing right, it? Is does God do what he likes or does God like what he, what's good or whatever? Yeah, 
that, that's okay. Yeah, Islam is the voluntarism. Uh, so what we, there's a third way though, right? Yeah. And that is, it's neither of those extremes. The good is grounded in God's nature. That's, but that doesn't mean that whatever God does just becomes good because God's yeah, doing like it. Yeah, it's like saying God is love, so God is God. You know, you can't, right. it's yes and no. The salient point is we have an awareness of what the good is. Right. And so when we look at things, we can recognize them as more or less good or not. And when we look at God, we can say meaningfully, he's like that. Right, because he's the paradigm of it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in a sense, yes, I can admit it, but in a sense, I have to caveat it because what you're trying to, you're just trying to reduce it to a flippant tautology, but that doesn't work because that's shallow. Mm -hmm. I think where that comment has more potence is with the misunderstanding that some Christians and Muslims have that voluntarism is true and whatever God does, and we're going to see more of this in the list, I think, that whatever God does just becomes good because he's doing it. Yeah, there, I would say God is good is synonymous with just God is God, right? But what we're saying is not voluntarism, and I, I think that it's more meaningful to say we know what good is. When we look at God, we recognize that is what he is. But it's still true that goodness is grounded in his nature. Mm -hmm. All right, so number 14. Are you ready for this one? Mm -hmm. This is going to so embarrass you. You're going to be so embarrassed to be a Christian after this one. Jesus drowned babies slash toddlers. Well, Jesus is the second person of God. Uh, I can admit that. Oh, you know what's even better? Why didn't he quote Revelation? Uh, was it Revelation two twenty three? I will strike her children dead. This is Jesus talking. Then all the churches will know that I am He who searches the hearts and minds, and will pray each of you according to your deeds. Is that the church at Theatira? So, okay. So you don't like it? So what? But I can admit it. Jesus um, drowned babies. Get over it. Obviously, there's more to that discussion, but like you say, we have podcasts. No, on but that. yeah, we have we have stuff on that, and he, and he knows that he's. This is just trying to be provocative. Yeah. Number fifteen. Now, here's another one that I don't know how contextually this is on this list. Do you admit? I promise to stop tithing or praying for a month. Do I admit? I promise. No, because I don't promise to stop tithing or, what was it, attending church? Yeah. If you did promise that, then you could say, do you admit that you promised that? Right. But you didn't promise that. No. The, I think the point that he wants to make is, would you be willing to do that? Would, would I, could I? I think you give him more credit than his capacity to string together sentences. I don't know what he's aiming at here. But let's, let's say that's true. Would I promise to not? Tithe or go to church? No, pray. pray. You can still go to church. You just can't tithe or pray for a month. Could I? Why would I do that? Now, if we didn't do that, now, I could, it yeah. wouldn't mean you're now not a Christian. Right, but I could admit that if I didn't pray or tithe for a month, could I admit that I didn't? Right. Right, yeah. yes. But I can't, and you better. <laughs> right, yeah. But I can't admit to promising something I don't even care to promise. It's a weird. It's a weird number. Right, he didn't think that one through. Uh, number sixteen, I believe that's in. That's not a can you admit. That's a would you be willing to stop praying in. Right. And, but, and that's what I'm saying. A lot of these things are not would you admit. Right. It's 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 but odd. Why would I want to stop? I could see. I could be tempted to stop. I believe. <laughs> oh, here you'll like this one. Number sixteen, and I'm going to go ahead and freely admit this. Okay. I believed in Jesus before I understood most of the evidence for Jesus. Oh, yeah. 
What's that mean? Right. I'm happy to admit. Christian at 17. Number 17. Sometimes there is little difference between Muslim slash Mormon apologists and Christian apologists. Sometimes there is little difference between Muslim slash Mormon apologists and Christian apologists. Okay, some Christian apologists are pretty bad. I could admit that there is. I think most Mormon and Muslim apologists are bad. And some Christians are apologists for be doing apologists. Yeah, in terms of quality of argumentation. Right. Do, 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 does Christian apologists, does the, the sphere of Christian apologetics have grifters? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but but we should also point out that Islam and Mormonism are two very different. Uh, there are similarities, of course, but very different uh, understandings of the nature of God. And yeah, I mean, polytheism and, and monotheism, infinite gods, one God. I mean, right. The, the, and Christianity the, and Mormonism and Christianity and Islam are very different understandings yeah, of the nature of God. But but the question was... Which means the apologetics are, is going to be rightly done right. very different. But so, he said sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. There's not a difference? Yeah. And I will say this, too. A difference in what? Since the internet comes so this along. This is not me trying to get his motive, but the difference in what? Difference in ability or skill or difference in arguments? Because if it's difference in arguments, and I, I won't admit that because they make different kind of arguments because they have different the- theological points to... So again, the question, but I can admit that if we're talking about in sometimes Christian apologists are as bad as Muslim and Mormon apologists. In the sense that we're not convinced by their arguments, and so people would naturally not be convinced by Christian apologists' arguments if that's what he's being. And I'm not trying to impugn motive, Mr. Pine Creek. I'm just saying, I'm trying to understand the question. And so there's, but I mean, just at face value, the poorly worded, not very clear question. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, you're just the dumb sidekick. <laughs> Number 18. Who can write I, complete sentences with a point that's easily discernible? I would give up heaven so an unbelieving loved one avoids hell. Now, in the past when I've heard him give this, he asks, um, he asks, he's, he says, what if you could just be annihilated? You and the other person. Like, you get to go to heaven, and, and Misty's going to go to hell. Or let's not even use Misty. I'm going to go to hell. Uh, are you with me? Yeah. Okay, you're going to go to heaven. I'm going to go to hell. But God will bargain with you, and we can both just be annihilated. That sense of hell. So you don't get to go to heaven, and I don't have to go to hell, but we just both get annihilated. Would you do that? Would I be annihilated so that you... No, we both would be annihilated. No one. So that you didn't have to go to hell. You're going to heaven. I'm going to hell. But if you right, agree, no, we both I, get annihilated. We just both right, get annihilated. Right. So that you don't have to go to hell. Mm-hmm. But I take annihilation, so you don't have to go to hell. Mm-hmm. All right. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Well, let's Romans nine three. For I could wish that I myself were a curse and cut off from Christ for the benefit of my brothers and sisters, my own flesh and blood. Paul talking about. So Paul admitted it. Um, and you admit it. Yeah. And I admit it, in case anybody wonders. Uh, okay. Now, what about... What if it was eternal conscious suffering? Is that what you're going to ask? Yeah, I'd be like, sorry, Braxton. <laughs> <laughs> Annihilation? Yeah, I could, I, could, I could not exist for all eternity either. All right, number... So that you, would, so that you wouldn't have to have eternal consciousness. That's right. We, we both don't exist. Right. So that 
I don't have to experience eternal conscious suffering. Now, is this like a, as if we never existed? Maybe, I mean. We no, just, we just. Oh, Thanos snap. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We stopped existing. Well, well let's, let's make it worse. We get tortured for six months. But it only lasts. Understand days. this is not. Would I prevent you from. But the, yeah, uh, of course I would. That's like saying, would I not rescue you from, like, terrorists or something that were holding you hostage and get all Jack Bauer? That's why I went to the gym, because I got to bodyguard this guy. Right, right. Yeah, of course I withstand torture. Okay, number 19, we're almost done. Just two questions left. I'm sorry to tell you, because I know you're enjoying this. Number 19, the best reason to be or remain a Christian is to avoid hell. The best reason? You won't admit that, Pritchett. The best reason to remain a Christian is to not go to enjoy hell. God and know Him forever. Know God and enjoy Him forever. And to, that's the best re- to be with the Father, Son, and Spirit for all eternity and with the fellowship of all the saints is the best reason. Mm-hmm. But avoiding hell is a pretty good reason. It's a darn reason. good reason. Yeah, yeah it's a darn but good no, reason. I can't and I, there's this well, idea. I I, he's right. I can't admit that. Right. Because you don't believe that. I don't believe it. But there are a number of skeptics out there who will say, you apologists want to be dodgy about hell. You don't want to, you don't want to say that a good reason to be a Christian is so that people won't go no, to hell. I want to say that, that is a real good reason. Yes, that's yeah. absolutely a good reason. <laughs> Flee from the wrath to come, the Bible says. Yeah. What? Darn good reason. Okay. Number 20. If Jesus inflicted the worst possible suffering on the entire planet for 24 hours, that would be morally good. If he did it, yes, it would. I can admit that. Right. But we've already covered this. Not on the voluntarism thing where whatever he does becomes good. It's just that if we find Jesus doing that because of what we already know a priori about Jesus Mm -hmm. from other stuff. uh, If then we may not understand it and we may think it's cruel from our perspective. Now read it again. If Jesus inflicted the worst possible suffering on the entire planet for 24 hours, that would be morally good. Yeah, I can admit. He has done. It's called well, maybe not the worst. YouTube atheism. Oh, okay. Well, uh, this has been an episode of Responding to Pine Creek, and we hope that you <laughs> we hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I'm going to be going out of town next week, Doctor Pritchett. I'm going to be going. Uh, to um, at West Tennessee, and then I'm going to be going to uh, the Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky area, though I think it's in Indiana, uh, doing my doctoral ministry project there. So, um, you know, I might take a field trip one day. That'd be awesome. Uh, work related because I excuse to go to the library down there at Southern's campus. Yeah. And come see, come sit, sit in. in on the seminar. Yeah, it's only an hour. By the way, if there's anybody that wants to come to Sellersburg, I think it's Sellersburg, Indiana, near Louisville, uh, next weekend, um, not this weekend, but next weekend, starting Friday that evening, check me out, connect with me, I'll tell you where, because you can be a part of my DMN project and be mentioned in that, and then if ultimately it becomes a journal article or a book or something, you you can be a part of that if you want to be. Um, So you can be a research subject. Yeah. Um, so we had, Pine Creek told me I was a lab rat. You can be my lab rat if you just right. come. <laughs> so, in conclusion, we admitted more than we didn't. Yeah. 
And, and let me say this, together, the list I, I asked him, I said, but I can, I can admit a lot of these things. And he said, well, yeah, I didn't make this list for you. And I said, I think what you mean to say is for each of these things, there's been at least one Christian you've encountered who wouldn't admit to it. And he was like, yeah, you got it. Well, okay. That's not very provocative, is it? I can find one Christian that'll admit to all kinds of things right, out there. All right. All right so, uh, had fun with this and, uh, look forward to seeing you next time on Trinity Radio. Thank you.